Jackson. And this game is underway with a bang. This is where the lacrosse area gathers to talk Wisconsin sports. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Join in by phone or text at 796-2558. Now, here's Grant Bills. We have a lot to talk about today. A ton went down last night. We got a bunch of stuff going down tonight. We're going to try to get to it all. Let's start with last night. Then later on in the show, we'll get to what's going on tonight. Right? We'll go in order. Last night, the Brewers, they beat the Phillies, got back to their winning ways 6-1. to one. You had the NBA draft lottery and then game one of the Western Conference Finals as well. If you were a sports fan last night, you kind of had your, your pick of the litter. I was going back and forth. Between a bunch of things, last night, I I was very intrigued by the Brewers last night, maybe more so than normal. We were talking about Keston Hira yesterday and how he was set to make his debut, and I do want to talk more about Keston Hira coming up here in a few minutes. Right now, I want to talk about a couple other things last night. Brandon Woodruff continues to, to kind of fly under the radar. The Brewers got it done offense from a couple of different places last night. Home runs from Ryan Braun, from Yasmani Grandal, and Christian Yelich had another quiet night last night. Now, I, I... I can't remember this perfectly. I don't think there is a stat that I can look up for this particular instance, but I believe, and correct me if I'm wrong, because I'm wrong a lot, Christian Yelich left the bases loaded twice last night. Innings ended twice last night with the bases loaded and Christian Yelich at the plate, which you can't, I mean, you can't draw it up much better than that. Your best hitter, base bags loaded, right? Now, regardless, they scored six runs. They beat the Phillies 6-1. to one. Uh, Those two home runs from Grandal and, and Braun served as, as, as most of the offense. I talked to Bob yesterday on the five-star telecom talk and text line, and he was lamenting to me that Christian Yelich can't get the bat going away from Miller Park. He can't hit from power away from Miller Park. And I said, Bob, I, what I want to do, and as this Brewer series uh, and this Brewer season rolls on, I, I want to look at Christian Yelich. When Christian Yelich hits a home run, What's the Brewers' record? When he doesn't, well, then what's the Brewers' record? So it's something we're keeping track of. Last night, Christian Yelich, uh, as cold as cold could be, he went hitless with a walk, but the Brewers still able to win 6-1 to one over the Phillies. They moved to 25-19. and 19. Last night, we also had the NBA draft lottery going on, which is just an odd event. Uh, I, I always think I know how it's going to go. I always think I know how it works. And then I and then I don't with the ping pong balls and the statistics and, and the the literal lottery numbers on the wall like it's very confusing. They do it in a back room and then they just expect us to go with it when they pull the cards out of the out of the big envelope. So that was entertaining for about ten minutes last night. And the Western Conference Finals game one with the Blazers and the Warriors I, I thought was actually rather disappointing. And the NBA is my favorite sport. I gravitated more towards the Brewers yesterday. I kept saying, all right, what's the score of the basketball? All right, let's get let's get back to the Brewer game. How the lottery? Okay, let's let's get back to the Brewer game. And, and typically, it's the other way around. I'll watch the basketball game and I'll and I'll check in every once in a while with the Brewers because baseball is slower paced. It's easier to to follow along on your phone if you're watching something else. That's that's kind of how baseball is. But last night, I kept finding myself gravitating more towards the Brewers, which it's typically the other way around. Brewers, like I said, getting the win last night, and and it was Brandon Woodruff. Who got yet another win? Six shutout innings, five strikeouts. He's got his ERA down under four now. After, well, it was a tumultuous start to the season for just about all their starting pitchers, but he has really settled in nicely this last handful of starts. And it got me thinking of the beginning of the Brewers season. When we talked here on the Wisco Sports Show about the Brewers starting rotation and what it might look like, we obviously inked in Yoli Shasin. That was one given. The rest of the rotation was was kind of up for debate. It was up for grabs. We, for the most part, knew who was going to be in it, for the most part, like I said. 
what order, in what way were they going to make it happen? That was the conversation. That was the discussion that we were having. Now, if I remember correctly, and maybe you remember differently, Yoli Shasin was there. We had Corbin Burns there, and he was going to be a star. He might be the best. Corbin Burns might be the best starting pitcher, one of the best starting pitchers in the NL Central by the end of the season. The hype for Corbin Burns was a mile high. Mile high. It almost wasn't even hype. It was it was expectations. It was set in stone. We just about figured this was a sure thing. Well, it hasn't turned out that way. Well, I thought Freddie Peralta was going to be awesome. He's shown flashes of brilliance, but more so flashes of being disorganized and, and losing command and walking batters. Running that pitch pitch count really high in the first and second inning. Now, it looks as though he might be losing his starting spot in the rotation. Chase Anderson going to make a start. It was announced a couple uh, yesterday. Chase Anderson making that start uh, this upcoming weekend for Freddie. He might still pitch, but he's, he's not going to start. Freddie's had an issue getting it going. And then we we thought, all right, Brandon Woodruff will be there. Yeah, we, we, sure. We saw him last year. And, and you know what? Zach Davies, he'll, he'll be there too. Throw him in at the bottom and, and you got yourself a nice little rotation. Well, it's been the two guys that we talked about the least who have stepped up and been really big for this Brewers team. Yeah, Yolish Chassin has been pretty good. I don't know if he has a signature start yet. I mean, he's he's given you some good games. Corbin Burns was a nightmare. He's looking better in the bullpen. Freddie Peralta, for the most part, for the majority of his innings, has been a nightmare. He's had flashes of brilliance, but they have just been that, flashes. Brandon Woodruff said, yeah, I'm just gonna, I'm just going to take care of my business. I'm going to continue to do what I did last year. I might not be flashy like Corbin Burns with a huge selection of pitches. I might not be flashy uh, with the electric fastball that Freddie Peralta is sometimes able to find. I'm, I'm just going to be me. Straight-faced, red beard, Brandon Woodruff. And he's 6-1. and one. Brewers uh, have fared pretty well when he's been out on the mound. His ERA now down under 4. And Zach Davies, uh, the other part of that, that under-the-radar tandem, we haven't really talked about Zach Davies a whole lot. Didn't hype Zach Davies up before the year. It was more along the lines of, well, if Zach Davies is healthy, he might settle down. He might get a, a nice spot in this rotation as well. It was We never had expectations. We never had hype for Zach Davies. And Woodruff and Davies have been the, the two most consistent starters. And that's where you find value. Let's be real. Consistency is where you find value in a starting pitcher. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show. We're talking Brewers. We got a lot to talk about with the Brewers. And then as the show moves on, I do want to talk Bucks. Uh, the Bucks will be heard later tonight. Game one, Eastern Conference Finals. Get goosebumps saying that over the mic. That's coming up tonight uh, later on WKTY. So we'll talk plenty of bucks later on. Don't get me wrong. But we have some interesting things to talk about with the Brewers right now. Not only Brandon Woodruff and how he, good he has been uh, seemingly very quietly. But last night, the Brewers had some other excitement with Keston Hira making his MLB debut, his Major League debut, his Brewers debut, everything. His parents were there last night, which uh, which was an awesome scene to see. Well, and he looked pretty comfortable. He looked pretty good, didn't he? So well, yesterday, I was... I was trying to hype him up with one hand, and then the other hand kind of kind of pumped, pumped the brakes a little bit, right? Riding that fence. Yeah, he could be great. He shows all the signs. Look at these numbers. Look at look at the highlights. Everything we know, he can he can hit the ball. But then with 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 the other hand, you know, pumping the brake. Well, remember Lewis Brinson? Remember Matt Gamble? Like like the the side of the road is littered with cautionary tales of prospects that never panned out, but had all the hype in the world. Keston here, at least in night number one, looks like. He's going to deliver on some of the hype, and that the hype has been justified. He's going to be in the starting lineup again tonight. Brewers, 6.05 first pitch. That's over on WIZM, our sister station. I'll pass along that starting lineup when we come back, uh, of which Keston Hira is a part of once again after going 2 of 3 last night. Uh, the offense really showed up. Offense, pitching, getting along. Imagine that. The Brewers win last night 6-1 to one over the Phillies. And I want to talk Keston Hira and the weird effect he had on me and on that game last night. I'll try to explain 
coming up next. If you want to talk Brewers, you can join in 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talking text line, and it is wide open. Shoot me a text. We're going to be talking Keston Hira and his major league debut for the Brewers last night. The Wisco Sports Show will return in moments. Presented by Played Against Sports, you're listening to WKTY. Eikhoff with a 2-2 pitch. And that is rocketed off of Eikhoff. And Keston Hero will have his first major league hit in his first major league at bat. Brewers beat the, the Phillies. Almost said the Sixers. Brewers beat the Phillies last night 6-1. Keston Hero got a couple of hits. Brandon Woodruff looking good. We're talking about it. This is the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Thanks for tuning in. We got Bucks talk on the way because game one of the Eastern Conference Finals is, yes, it is tonight. Tonight is the night. We've been waiting for it. Taking on the Raptors. You can hear that game. 730 tip here on WKTY. Keston Hira back in the lineup for the Brewers tonight. Not just coming off the bench. Not just being a pinch hitter. The Brewers uh, seem confident, seem enthusiastic. They put him back in the lineup tonight. Hitting a spot higher. Kane, Yelich, Braun, 1-2-3. Moustakis, Aguilar, 4-5. And then Hira hitting sixth. Pina, Arcia, Gonzalez go 7-8-9. Gio Gonzalez, the starting pitcher for the Milwaukee Brewers tonight. So not only is Keston here sticking around, they actually bumped him up a spot in the lineup. And I guess, you know what? Why not? Because I was watching him last night. He looked mighty comfortable at the plate. It's something you can just you can just kind of see. You know, if a guy looks lost, if a guy looks uh, unbalanced, if a guy looks uncomfortable, I mean, we've seen that how many times with Orlando Arcia or, or whoever. I don't just mean to pick on Arcia, but someone who's in a funk, somebody who's not really seeing the ball, at the time, not seeing the ball very well, it doesn't look natural. It doesn't look comfortable. They're they're swinging, not to not to hit the ball, but swinging not to miss the ball. It kind of jumps out to you. It looks funky. Keston here was the opposite of that last night. He looked very comfortable at the plate, putting Goodwood on the ball. That was his first of two hits last night. Uh, he got his two first major league hits, and he took a walk last night as well. And, and last night, I, I couldn't look away from the Brewers. There was so much going on last night. Between the NBA draft lottery, uh, the game one of the Western Conference Finals, the Blazers, and the Golden State Warriors. Normally, I'm, I'm more into the NBA than I am uh, Brewers baseball this time of year, at least. And, and I'll be watching the basketball game, and I'll switch over and check on the Brewers, and then I'll go back to basketball. Well, last night, it was the other way around. And not only was basketball going on, the Brewers were going on. Our fridge got broken last night, so we're unloading, putting things into coolers. Uh, we're getting ready to bring the new fridge in. We were just running around doing a bunch of different things. Keston here is up at the plate. I ran back to the couch. My butt was on that cushion for all uh, three or four, four uh, of Keston here is at bats last night because I wanted to see. Now, I'm not saying that Keston here is making Brewers baseball exciting again, making it great again. That's, that's, that's not what I'm saying. But I think there is something to be said for the excitement that, that is surrounding Keston Hero right now. And and yesterday, if you were listening to the show, you'll know that I wrapped the show up yesterday by pumping the brakes a little bit. Said, how many cautionary tales do we have of prospects in the past who haven't worked out? Lewis Brinson was a higher-ranked prospect when he came up through the Brewers system and he became part of their major league club. He was high, higher-ranked than Keston Hira. Now, both were uh, the respective number one prospects for the Brewers at the time, but in terms of all the majors... Lewis Brinson was higher. He's hitting under 200, and he's in AAA right now for the Marlins. The Marlins, who have not a lot of talent at all because they traded it all away, right? For guys like Lewis Brinson. And he can't even crack the Major League squad right now. So, lots of cautionary tales. I'm not trying to hype up Keston here, but I think there is something to be said last night for running around, doing a million different things, paying attention to the Western Conference Finals, paying attention to the NBA Draft Lottery, and all of a sudden, whoa, I got to 
get my keister back on the couch because Keston here is stepping into the batter's box, and I want to see what this kid is actually made of. We hear about these prospects. We, we hear about the updates during the Brewers Radio Network. You know, during the post game, they do their down on the farm report. We hear about it there. We see it on social media. Maybe we see a highlight if something crazy exciting happened. Otherwise, we're just seeing statistics. You don't ever see. Last night was the first time I ever watched Keston Hira play live. Like I said, I'd seen highlights. Big home run down in spring training or in the minor leagues for San Antonio. Like, I, I see a highlight every once in a while. It's still rare. I don't see that very often, but it's it's happened. I've never watched him hit live before. So so last night, I would imagine I'm not the only Brewers fan who was settling into the couch uh, when Keston Hira came to the plate. And he didn't disappoint. I, I Man, I'm, I'm excited. He spoke to Sophia Menert with Fox Sports Wisconsin after the game last night uh, and talked about his his first major league experience, talking about his his first game and, and whether or not it, it lived up to his expectations, what his expectations were, just talking about his first major league experience with the Brewers. Oh, it was unbelievable. Uh, no, it's, it's been a long day, but it was so worth it. And... Um, just being back with, you know, the guys here and, uh, you know, getting a win tonight uh, after a great pitching performance by Woody in the bullpen. So um, I'm just really happy to be here, be part of it, and, um, you know, looking to play more. Looking to play more. He gets his wish today. He's bumped up in the lineup from 7th to 6th, uh, trusting that bat more every day, it, it appears. And Travis Shaw is on that injured list. And the time for Keston Hira is, it, well, it's his for now. And if he keeps hitting the ball and keeps being productive like he was last night, I don't imagine why that would end. Uh, I, I First of all, two things from that sound bite. He, he sounds like a kid. Oh, man, this is a long day. It was, it was so worth it. Like, he, he, there's something about him. A little bit energetic, a little bit childish, and you need a little bit of that on a baseball team. Second thing, I can totally get behind, and this is completely unrelated. I can totally get behind... Uh, referring to Brandon Woodruff as Woody 100% of the time. I'm not even convinced that we need to refer to him as Woodruff. I can just go with the nickname Woody. I heard Bob Uecker saying that. This was a couple of weeks ago now. I remember I was driving around after the show one night, and I had turned on Bob Uecker and referring to him every time as, here comes Woody. The kick and the pitch from Woody. Woody's set to go. And I'm I, I love this. I'm all over this nickname, and I'm all over Brandon Woodruff right now as well. He got his ERA down under four uh, and and won his sixth game last night. He's 6-1 and one for the Brewers, which is much better than you can say for a lot of those day one starters, two of which have found their way into the bullpen, into the minors, all over the place. So Brandon Woodruff and Zach Davies, like I said, have been two of those lesser talked about pitchers that have really been rocks for this Brewers team. You want to talk Brewers, 608-796-2558. That's the five-star telecom talk and text line. You can join me there. You can also follow me on Twitter, both at Keystroker Grant. You can follow all of us at WKTY, tweet us your thoughts, tweet us what you want to talk about, and we'll get to it. Look, I don't know where the road leads for Keston Hira because a lot of the time, at least with the Brewers the last couple of years, the precedent that we have with David Stearns, they'll bring a prospect up. Normally, not as early as fans want, right? I think if fans would have had their way, Keston Hira would have been competing for that starting job earlier this year in spring in spring training and in, in training camp. Normally, later than fans want, and they're typically not up in the majors for as long as fans would like. Like, fans are always yearning for more. They want more with the prospects. Keep them up here. Bring them up now. How often do you hear sentiment like that, right? I wouldn't be surprised that when this 10-day IL stint is done for Travis Shaw, Keston here goes right back down. And and last night was great. Two or three, he had a walk. I, I just don't think David Stearns and Craig Council are, are ready to do either one of these two things. One... Make Keston Hira a full-time MLB player because for some reason they are reluctant 
David Stearns and Craig Council have shown that in months and in years past, like I said. And I don't think they're ready to to throw the keys in the woods with Travis Shaw either. It's a guy who had 30 home runs and is needed on this team. You saw what it took last year for the Brewers to get to Game 7 of the NLCS. It took Travis Shaw hitting the ball well. Mike Moustakis hitting the ball well. Domingo Santana playing a role off the bench. And Curtis Granderson playing a role off the bench. Ryan Braun playing well. Obviously, you saw what it takes from Christian Yelich. It takes a village. Even if you're not playing every day, it takes a village. And to say, all right, well, Keston here's time is here. Bye, Travis Shaw. Go away. Go to the minors. Go sign with somebody else. We'll cut you. We don't care. The Brewers are not using that strategy. And last year should teach us why. They didn't need Jonathan Scope. They got him anyway. They didn't really need Curtis Granderson. They got him anyway. You need as many bats, as many players as possible so you can play matchups, so you can ride the hot hand, so you can have depth uh, to bring off the bench to pinch hit. By the way, Ben Gamble's been pretty good off the bench as well, too. He's hitting the ball really good right now. Takes all those bats. So I I wouldn't be surprised. In fact, I halfway expect that at the end of this 10-day IL stint for Travis Shaw, assuming that's all it takes, and assuming there's no complications, uh, there's no re-aggravation of that injury, which I believe it's his wrist, I, I can see Keston here going right back down. Man, it's fun. You got some major league innings, some major league at-bats under your belt. If we have another injury, when the rosters expand, when we feel it's time for you to come back again, you'll know what it takes and you'll be ready and you'll probably be enthusiastic and excited, less worried, and more just chomping at the bit to get going. I, I could totally see that happening. In, in fact, like I said, I, I halfway expect that to happen because you cannot give up on Travis Shaw. You just can't. Because that's a bat you need. Whether he starts every day, it's different. Whether he even plays every day, that's different. But you saw the value of guys like Domingo Santana and Curtis Granderson. And you're seeing the value right now. Ben Gamble, even though Ryan Braun hit the ball well last night, Ben Gamble giving you some productive at-bats, giving you some productivity as well. There's just no reason to give up on Travis Shaw. It wouldn't make sense. And we've seen evidence the last two years now of how many bats it takes in the postseason. How many bats it takes to not only get to Game 7 of the NLCS, but but to eventually get, hopefully, back to the World Series. If Jonathan Scope would have been hitting the ball well, who knows? Brewers made a, might have made the World Series, right? That one bat can make the difference, and then that one bat might very well turn out to be Travis Shaw when this is all said and done. I want to talk Bucks. We need to talk Bucks uh, because they are heading back to the Eastern Conference Finals for the first time since 2001 when I was a measly three years old. And that starts tonight. The game tip-off at 7.30. You can hear it here on WKTY. Ted Davis, Justin Garcia, Dennis Krause, everyone a part of the Bucks Radio Network that we've been going along with listening to here on KTY all season long and through the playoffs. 7.30 tip tonight. I want to talk about a couple of things. When we sit down and we watch the game tonight, and we're going to come back and talk about it tomorrow, we're going to have a lot to discuss. How did Giannis look? How did Kawhi look? What was the crowd like? Uh, where where's the path to victory in the series for the Bucks, assuming they win or lose? Like, after tonight, man, we're going to have so much content. We're going to have so much discussion, discussion. It's shooting out our ears. But as of right now, we can only speculate. We can only talk about educated guesses and hunches. I want a couple things uh, that I have educated guesses on, including matchups, what we're going to see tonight, who's guarding who, uh, who's going to have the advantage over who. We don't know yet but we can make some educated guesses based on what we know and what we saw in the regular season. I also want to talk about the Bucks and the Raptors and their supporting casts because I think they're going to play a huge difference, if not being the difference in this series, assuming Giannis and Kawhi continue to play at the MVP level that they've been playing at. 
so far. Bucks talk, Eastern Conference Finals talk coming up next. You're listening to the Wisco Sports Show presented by Play It Again Sports. I'm your host, Grant Bills. Stick around. Bucks talk on the way. Wisco Sports Show rolls on here on WKTY, 96.7 FM, 580 AM, presented as always by Played Against Sports. It's time to talk Bucks back to the Eastern Conference for the first time since 2001. I was three. And joining us, you've kind of gotten kicked out of your studio, Rick. The Brewers over on WIZM tonight. Uh, Lacrosse Talks' Rick Solem, who is as brilliant with the NBA as he is uh, with politics and everything else that you guys cover on Lacrosse Talk. Rick, what's going on? Yeah, nobody's going to like my opinion, though. <laughs> I did this uh, the other morning on th- with Dave and Scrady because yeah. I happened to be up at 6 in the morning. So. You're never up at 6 in the no. morning. Well, maybe still up sometimes. You were still up. You were writing your news stories at right. 6 in the morning. Sometimes. That's it. So you're you're the unpopular side. You actually think the Raptors have the edge in this series. You think the Raptors I, are going to win? I just have. I'm, I'm kind of a pessimistic Wisconsin fan. When the sure. Wisconsin teams get too good and everyone jumps on the bandwagon, then I like to take the opposite side just to make everyone mad. But the Bucks, uh, the the Raptors have the best player in the playoffs right now. Okay, so that's my feeling. Anyway. That's I mean, that, why Leonard? That's a solid take to build behind. I was <laughs> I was sitting in my living room this morning. I'm watching first take with my roommates. And I'm hearing Max Kellerman going, the Bucks are I'm in the background. I'm not even watching and I'm hearing the Bucks are going to win the NBA title. I'm kind of like looking over at my roommates. Like, I don't know if I I don't know if I like that. No. I don't know right. if I love that. It makes me feel weird. It makes Especially me feel uncomfortable. Max and he's a Toronto guy, isn't he? I have like no he's idea. he's always been a big Toronto guy. He was picking him last year, even against LeBron and, and two years ago. There is something to be said for getting uncomfortable when the optimism is too high. It's like, do you just not want to let yourself believe? Is that it? Yeah, a little bit because um <laughs> And the and the Warriors, right? The Warriors are going to sweep. Yeah, the trail. Last night was so lackluster. That was lame. I saw a pretty funny. I'm gonna I'm gonna find it while we're talking here. But uh, just just the the uh, the idea that the Warriors are a better team without. I think they're a better team without Kevin Durant. They they play differently. They certainly don't have the crutch of having the best player in the world, or certainly one of the the two or three best players in the world to just lean on in the last second. But there's more motion. The ball flies around. Steph and Clay fly around. Like I, I think it's more fun to watch. Well, Clay is a better player when Durant's not there because I think, and I I play a lot of basketball in in my life, and not mm-hmm. that I'm an NBA player or anything, but like Clay's his conscience is probably like. Free when oh should I pass it to Kevin? Is Kevin going to be mad at me if I shoot this? I think there's a little bit of that even with Steph too. Yeah. But when when he's not out there, Steph and Clay will be like oh fire fire squad. I I, um, I don't think the Warriors are better without KD. They're certainly more entertaining for me. Here's the, here's the thing uh, with the, the heading into the Blazers Warrior series. If Lillard goes off against the Warriors the same way he did against Oklahoma City, while McCollum plays like he did in Game Seven against Denver, and the Blazers supporting cast gives in their absolute best. I can definitely see the Warriors winning in four. Yeah, that's that's basically it. Last night, I, I I was boring. Like I was telling my listeners earlier, we were talking Brewers. I was watching more Brewers than basketball last night, and and most of the time, I'll watch the NBA game. And during commercials, I'll check on the Brewer game. And yeah. last night, it was the exact opposite. I would turn into the Warriors game for, for 30 seconds and be like, I this is not interesting. Yeah, they, I'm gonna they'd go let them cut it to nine, and then the Warriors would go, okay, that's enough. And then they'd hit a couple of threes, and then they'd cut it to nine, and again, the Warriors would be like, all right, that's enough of you guys. Yeah. Slap them away. It was a very lackluster game one of a, of a Western Conference Finals. And I look, I, I don't like talking about the Warriors because I think Toronto is an incredible team. Here's where I'm reluctant to give Toronto a ton of credit and, and necessarily thinking that they could beat the Bucks four out of seven times, which I think would be a huge task. They're starting or they're, they're supporting cast, which has basically become everyone but Kawhi Leonard. Like Kawhi Leonard yeah. has separated himself that much. 
they, they just they shrunk against the Sixers. They did a little bit. Um, yeah, they're just like anytime it was a hot potato. The ball was yeah. a hot potato. Where's Kawhi? Well, find Kawhi because Kawhi. I mean, how many times did he shoot the last yeah. couple of games? So. Which which is fine. Like I'm I'm okay with Kawhi shooting that many times, but. It's weird to sit here today after a regular season of people going, the Bucks, you know, Connaughton, DJ Wilson, all these players, they're not going to matter in the playoffs because the rotation shrink, you know, it's all about yeah, superstars. Like and and part of me believed that, and I still do. DJ Wilson's not going to play, and Sterling Brown hasn't been playing, but Connaughton's been great. And, and here we are, Ursan's playing great, Connaughton's playing great. Well, Miritich and, and isn't playing very good. Mir- Miritich is, with shooters, I feel like you can get hot and cold. And yeah. then I look at the Raptors, and, and Danny Green's been quiet, and Pascal Siakam's been quiet-ish. He, he's still better than than anyone that I just mentioned, Ursan or, or Pat. But the Bucks supporting cast, I feel like, has been better. But Siakam's than like a starter for them. Yeah. What I kind of worry about with the Bucks Raptors is rebounding a little mm-hmm. bit. Um, you got Lopez who doesn't rebound. Giannis seems to have to get all the rebounds. Eric yeah. Bledsoe does a pretty good job for a, a point guard at getting rebounds. But when you have Siakam, Serge Ibaka, and Marcus All out there, that I mean, those are they're going to build that wall just like. Boston did like only Boston. they're going to build that wall with athletic players <laughs> not the you know Baineses of the world yeah. and whatever that other white dude's name was Daniel and then, Tice and Daniel Tice and then all those guys are also capable on offense but you know and they're they're all seven feet tall six yeah. nine seven feet tall so. I just I, I think the Bucks just concede some rebounds to be honest they sit Brooke Lopez at the top of the key and they're always sinking back in transition it drives my dad crazy well, Brooke Lopez doesn't rebound anyway no, so the doesn't. idea you think like oh we yeah. need Lopez down low no, no you don't never, Brooke Lopez the best thing has ever happened to him is to learn how to shoot threes yeah. because he didn't rebound when he was a post player no he didn't and it, it drives my dad crazy because no one follows their shot they don't crash the boards but their trans their transition defense is very good as is Toronto's I, I just you can talk about Kawhi versus Giannis even if Kawhi is the better player I, I don't know if the gap is that large and maybe you do that would make up for how much better Milwaukee's supporting cast has been compared to Toronto. Well, has was Milwaukee's supporting cast all that great in in the Boston series? I mean, they missed a lot of lot of shot, a lot of open shots too. Boston was out; they were done. Like we don't care, we don't like Kyrie any, anymore, and we're out. Are you going to fault Boston for for? Urson I, I, was great. George Hill. I mean, we haven't even mentioned George Hill. George Hill was tremendous. George Hill is my bad. Kawhi Leonard hasn't been the best yeah, player. Okay, in the playoffs. there it George is. George Hill has been the best player in the playoffs. There I mean, is. you know what that is though? Kyrie Irving, not like Kyrie Irving is historically known as one of the worst, maybe the worst point guard defender, yeah. defending point guard. When you see George Hill doing stuff, you're like Kyrie yeah. Irving's playing defense. Yeah. On him. I mean, I was very. It was really funny to watch Kyrie Irving, like on defense. Kyrie, the best, probably best guard to get to the hole, but he he exudes all that energy on offense and gives it and takes it all back on defense. Yeah, I I don't get it. At at the end, I don't remember if it was game four, or game five. Like Kyrie was personally hunting Giannis and wanting to defend Giannis. Like I saw it a couple times. Kyrie, what are you doing? <laughs> you're you're not going to cover Eric Bledsoe. You're not going to defend Chris Middleton. You're not guarding Giannis. I do think maybe, are we to the point where we have to take the Boston series with a grain of salt? Like, do we have to talk ourselves and our enthusiasm down to the point where we're taking credit away from Boston when people, like Paul Pierce said that series was over. Like, how far have we come now in, in two and a half weeks well, we or however far that was? completely, right? Like, the Boston yeah. series didn't matter. The Detroit series also didn't matter. Yeah. Blake didn't play for the first yeah. couple of games, and that team was just... No I series mean, mattered. I mean, they didn't even play Zaza. They didn't. <laughs> None of the series have mattered By yet, the way, I guess. Zaza Pachulia, former uh, Buck and NBA champion. Yeah, NBA champion. That's a very, that's very, very important part of that. I, um, I'm Go ahead. Toronto and, and, and Milwaukee played each other two years ago. Do you remember this mm-hmm. at all? I mean, the, the, the Bucks I was, got I was there up. for game six. I was there when they got eliminated. Okay, okay. the Bucks got up 2-1 in the series, and then the Raptors inserted, who's still on the team, I believe, Norman Powell. 
Norman Powell. And Matthew Dellavedova couldn't handle him. You're going to ride the Norman. <laughs> Norman Powell's been unplayable. Right. He hasn't been good. But that's what happened in that series. It was just kind yeah. of wide. Well, and it gets to like who was playing in that series. Yeah. Tony Snell was a starter. Tony Todd Snell Maker was, was taking st- meaningful shots yeah. at the uh, end of games the last well, few years. In the in the Bucks elimination game, or maybe the second last game, Matthew Dellavedova played over, I think, over 30 minutes. Yeah. So that's where that's where our rosters have yeah. come from the, then to now. Why, why, don't I, why don't I do this? I'm going to ask you about a couple players. And you're going to tell me what your first impression as, as it pertains to this playoff series, this upcoming playoff series. What do you, what do you think of Kyle Lowry? Yeah, he's uh, historically just he ch- he's a choker in the playoffs. Okay, right? so but I mean he, it's two beefy point guards going at each other, or right? Chubby. Like maybe one's chubby and one's ripped, right? Yeah, like, Eric so. Bledsoe is is different body type, maybe the same weight, very different body type than Kyle Lowry. But those two guys are very much alike, right? They're not great outside shooters. They're great at getting the hole. They're great at being point guards sometimes, and sometimes they're awful at being point guards. How about this? When we think about Eric Bledsoe, let's talk about Eric Bledsoe. Do you think it's going to be a different Eric Bledsoe than we saw in Boston? Because there were parts of those games where Eric Bledsoe was being a little weird. Like, he got in his own head a little bit. Like, he was taking things personally against Boston. Do you think we're going to see a different Eric Bledsoe that, that's a lot more comparable to what we saw throughout the regular season because it's a different opponent, because they've kind of cleared that Boston hurdle? Well, the playoffs are a different monsters, and Eric Bledsoe's game is to get into the hole, and the refs just don't call fouls yeah. when guys go to the basket anymore. So, like, if the refs called technicals every time somebody cried after a foul, it would be yeah. funny because there would only be, like, one player left on the on, the, in, on each out. team. But Bledsoe, I mean, his game, is it gets tougher when the playoffs start. But there's two factors when when you talk about how he was versus Boston. Mm-hmm. One is he choked last year. Terry Rozier was better than Bledsoe last year. Much. So he probably wanted to redeem himself a little bit. Two, if you ever think, wow, Bledsoe had a good game today, Kyrie Irving was playing defense. So yeah. you go back to Kyrie not playing any this defense. This is true. Well, Kyle so. Lowry's a marshmallow on defense as well. Like I'm not going to act like, like the Raptors are world beaters on defense. Like you can make a case for Sergi Baca. You can make a case for Kawhi Leonard. Like who, who is ultimately going to find themselves guarding Giannis the most uh, on defense for the Raptors in this series? Do you think we're going to learn a lot tonight? I think yeah, obviously I mean, tonight is going to tell us a lot. It's but. been a week of anticipation and then like what? Three or four days of more anticipation. Cause yeah. now we finally know who they're going to play. Yeah. Um, doesn't Siakam guard him to begin he with. Did. That, that was mostly who we saw this year. And Ibaka comes off the bench, I believe. Yeah, and, and we'll see. They haven't they haven't put out the starting lineups. I'm not going to act like I watch a ton of Toronto Raptors games. At least hey, through the regular season. I watch hey, them they the would have been the best team in the NBA if, if Leonard plays all the games that he cuz he sat out over yeah. 20 games, I believe. Uh they would have had the best they would have home court advantage right now cuz they'd have the best record in the NBA. So people talk like, "Oh, the Bucks best record in the NBA only because Kawhi Leonard didn't play a lot of the regular season games." You're just a hater. They no, were I'm just very trying good. to be real. They were, trying they to were, bring people a they level were, down. This is true. They were very good with Kawhi Leonard off the floor. And I'm going to get that statistic when we take our next break of, of their record with Kawhi Leonard off the floor. I, I think we could see Pascal Siakam guarding Giannis. I think Marcus Gasol could be interesting. Like Teams have tried that. Like We're just going to get our biggest, heaviest player and just sink him back. We're not going to make him move very much. We're just going to literally try to have him be a roadblock. Yeah, I mean, we're going to build a wall. That's yeah. what we're, you know, Toronto's going to build their own wall on the northern border. That's the northern. what's going to happen. Do you watch Game of Thrones? I, I have. I haven't watched this season yet. Okay, that's Game of Thrones-ish sounding, right? The wall and the Well, north. I was doing like Mexican border wall. Okay, Mel, do you want to do no, southern border Can- wall? Well, I'm doing Canadian border okay, wall because okay. Toronto, right? Okay, that's that's more pertinent to what you do over on, on lacrosse talk is you're talking about borders, you're talking <laughs> right. about ball, well, we walls, we try right? to avoid that. Yeah, yeah that, that's, a, that's a touchy subject. Can you hang around?
Yeah, we're good. Talk more borders, more walls. Rick Solom joining us uh, from Lacrosse Talk PM. As the Brewers have kicked him off his station, we'll talk more Bucks Raptors game one of the Western Conference Eastern Conference Finals coming up tonight. We'll talk more next on the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Final segment of the Wisco Sports Show here on WKTY. Presented by Played Against Sports. We're talking Bucks Raptors, and to keep us grounded, to keep us humble, to keep us realistic, Rick Solom, uh, co host of Lacrosse Talk PM, joining us as he has been ousted by the Brewers. We're, it's such a busy time of year. We got Bucks games on, we got Brewers games on. We're overflowing to all of our stations, it feels like. So we're talking about borders, we're talking about walls and how to defend these players, and I thought that's political, right? That's that's topical. Do you get calls a lot about borders? The the Canadian border wall, not a lot. Um, <laughs> More that so the, with that Mexico. the Toronto Raptors are going to build to stop Giannis. That's what's going to okay. happen tonight. Okay. You'll see it. You think so? Well, the Bucs have been off for a week, too. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, the only good news out of that is Brogdon gets a little healthier, I guess. But I And, and we, we talked about, let's start with Brogdon. I, I talked about Brogdon last week a lot. I, I'm to the point where I don't think Brogdon needs more time off. He just needs more game time to work yeah. himself back I, in. And it's what, what do you think he did? Did he go to the, the Milwaukee YMCA and play some pickup games up. just to get Shut to up. get his legs under? Yeah. I haven't played basketball and I've been, I had a, a calf injury for a while, so I haven't played basketball. I went to the Y on Tuesday. Yep. They play at like five in the morning there. So a, like five in the morning basketball is just, but man, I was just dead tired after there's like a whole different, like, and I play a lot like, and I, you know, jog and all that stuff. Oh, yeah. So I'm very quote active. unquote okay shape, but like basketball is a different animal in, in that you, you you the the whole workout thing, you lose that. Your foot can be fine and it is if he's been medically cleared and you can cardio be in shape from biking and, and working out. It's it's the actual pace of the game. It's the nuances of the game that you can only get from playing in a live NBA game. And I think that's what Malcolm Brogdon needs. I would be fascinated to see uh, and I will be fascinated to see how much he actually plays tonight. Coach Bud broke out this lineup last week, and it might have gotten lost on some people. It was only five minutes where he tried it. They were like a whopping, they were like a plus 14 or 15 in these five minutes where they had Giannis and Miritich as the forwards, and then they played three guards. They had Brogdon, uh, Bledsoe, and Middleton. It's kind of like the, the Bucks version or the, the of the Warriors' death, yeah. death lineup. Is the that de- what they call the it? The death lineup. They call it the Hamptons Five, which I hate because it's... I just, well, and the Suns tried this for a whole season, the three-guard yeah. lineup, yeah. right? And they Be- just did it with like Dragic and, yeah. and Eric Bledsoe was on that yeah, team. So. at the time. So the, I, Brandon, I, Brandon Knight? Yeah, Brandon Knight. <laughs> I don't know. I don't, Brandon Knight's on, on the Cavs now, by the way. Oh, good. We we took a bus trip with WKTY to, to the Pfizer Forum a couple weeks ago, and they're announcing the starting lineups for the Cavs. It's, wow, okay, Brandon Knight's still in the league, like yeah. one of those instances. I think they, they want to go to this small ball lineup, and I actually think it against the Raptors, it it might work. The only, uh, and the only I, thing it wouldn't work on is if Marcus All decides he's going to be... Uh, he, Marcus All's not a great post player, but he's, no. a, he's, the, he's the Malcolm Brogdon of the Raptors, kind of like this calming... Like, give me the ball, and I'll figure out where it yeah. needs to go. He's kind of almost almost how Jokic plays for Denver yeah. is how Gasol is. And, and and that's what Malcolm Brogdon, that's what the Bucks have been missing, you know, for these couple of couple of months, right? Like, is, is Brogdon's just, yeah, the glue guy, or the, the calming here. Oh, you guys need someone to, to just get a basket? I'll go get it. Yeah, figure it out. Well, I mean, and- it's funny because, well, isn't Giannis that? No, Giannis is a little, like, hysterical. Like, mm-hmm. oh, I'll get the basket charge. Yeah. <laughs> Giannis, Giannis, Brogdon is is interesting. Marcus All I like because his post game isn't incredible. His three point shooting is is pretty good. His passing is pretty good. He's the guy who can kind of fit in anywhere and do anything. And and you look for him to be that right place and right time guy. We talked about Brook Lopez a little bit off the air. I I wouldn't be surprised to see his minutes cut down just a little bit. 
Yeah, it's it, yeah because Gal, if Gasol's going to hover outside the the lane, then who you know Giannis could guard him or yeah or uh, Miritich, I guess. I just Miritich and Lopez are so interchangeable at this point; they're just breaking threes. On on defense, on defense, you don't need Brook Lopez. On offense, I think it's pretty advantageous for Brook Lopez to be out there. I mean, it, it would be the same as Miritich because either way, you're you're pulling Gasol yeah. out of the lane, you're forcing Gasol to guard your five at the top of the key, preferably because it's more space, it's farther from the net than the short corner is. And now who do the Raptors have to prote- protect the rim? Like, I hate how cliche that is, but there's no presence inside. There's no well, shot blocker. Thing, Lopez, you need Lopez. The the, the Bucks and Raptors are going to cancel each other's big men out okay. because Lopez is going to have to guard Gasol in the three-point line and vice versa. But Gasol doesn't... Brooke Lopez doesn't live on the block. Like, Gasol spends a lot more time down there. Brooke Lopez floats at the top of the key. Oh, you think so? You know okay. what I mean? I, I think Gasol... It's not and like And Ibaka likes to hover out there, mm-hmm, too. Ibaka mm-hmm. loves being outside. That That's so. the one guy who, if, if Gasol does get pulled out, and we I mean, used to call him a block, like, Serge Ibaka. Like, he used to block that many shots I don't think he's that anymore but maybe that's where they look uh for their interior defense tonight game one 730 here on WKTY I don't I don't want to make predictions in the series because I was I had to listen to ESPN this morning because my roommates had it on and they're making predictions right and it's like man I got the I got the I mean, I it's bad enough to do prediction radio yeah, yeah, like yeah, we yeah, have yeah, to yeah. talk about the Bucks preview for a week now yeah. and for this last half hour yeah like, okay, guys, can we just, like, tomorrow will be a great show because oh, it'll we'll be great. get to analyze We'll the game. get so much to dig into. And this morning I'm hearing people going, oh, well, I want the Bucks because Giannis is so good. And then the other guy comes around, well, Kawhi is so good. I want the Raptors. It's like, what is that? What is that? There's nothing there. Like, you're just picking teams. I don't want to ask you for a pick. I don't want to ask you for a, a prediction. But the, the long layoff for Milwaukee is interesting because Milwaukee might be too rested and Toronto might not be rested enough because they played on Sunday how do you think that all factors in? And they had and they had a very emotional like do they very. ride the emotional high or do they, you know, does that help them or hurt them because they're because they expended all the energy in game 7. So God, that's what we should do. Hold on. Uh do the Raptors ride the wave or do they come crashing down 608-796-2558 taking <laughs> your calls on the five star. Like we you could talk about all these things we just don't know. I do like how the Bucks are playing at night. They they never seemed great on Sunday matinees. I, I think there is something to say about that routine, and I think Wednesday night it is going to be good. Giannis talking about how you can go down 0-1 against Boston, but you can't do that against Toronto, and that obviously raised some eyebrows, and, and Boston fans were like, oh, we got the Bruins. Like That was basically their, their comeback, over. right? Yeah, series is over. I, I, Giannis does that a lot. Where he he he's trying not to insult the team. He compliments one team by insulting the other, and maybe it's like the language barrier, maybe it's the culture barrier a little bit. Well, we need to turn sports into WWF wrestling or W we need to turn sports into wrestling where players can talk trash yeah. in, in the media. To and it's each not other. considered taboo. Yeah, and it's not like, oh, I can't believe Tom Brady does that a little bit now because he's you know, he's he, he can. He can. Um and he's but everyone should be able to. Giannis should be able to talk all the trash he wants. He's Giannis, he's he's established himself yeah. as one of the best ever. This so. is what he had to say. This is regarding game one and, and obviously the Bucks losing game one last time around, Giannis saying that it has to be a little bit different this time. You know, against Boston, you can go down one no and you still be fine, but against Toronto, you know, it's it's hard to be in that spot, you know, when we uh, lose the first game. Obviously, you never want to lose game one at home because you, you, know, you lose home court advantage. Now, the home court advantage has been stolen. I, Rick, I think when you get to this level, all these teams are good enough to win on the road. Like, like the Bucks could win a game in Toronto, and I think Toronto could easily win a game at Pfizer Forum. Like, I, I, is home court advantage, I know it's a big deal, but stealing home court advantage and you lose home court advantage, like, do, do you think it's over-dramatized or do you think it's it's warranted? I think, I think there is an... Uh, 
there has to be an advantage. Oh to yeah, it. it's hard to. I've. Not, it's hard to even put yourself in that position. Like you, you've been to some of these playoff games, yeah. right? You said you were there two years ago. Oh, two years ago for Game Six, and they got eliminated. And yeah. they got eliminated on the road, right? Or or at home, yeah. You know, but home. the road team wins, so um, I I think you <laughs> players would be better better able to answer that. But like, Naturally. is the NFL the ultimate home court advantage or not? Home field advantage or is it not there? I I, I, I have I don't no know. idea. Some sports is different than the others. Baseball is there a home field advantage there? Like maybe because you know the angles of the walls like because Yelich hits like, all but one of his home runs this year yeah, in like, Miller Park like there's, that could there's be an that could be a legit ge- geometrical advantage like the left fielder knows how to play the corner and play the wall like that NBA what is it crowd noise is there a difference in rims well they talk about like how how to change the game is give each team home court advantage by letting them change the the three-point line to wherever uh. they want to put it so they actually the, allowing... the Bucks would move the three-point line to half court sure or to one foot out you know, move the three point line to the free throw line so that everyone can shoot three. That, Giannis can hit three. You can from, really, you can really cater it to yourself. All then. Giannis points are dunks for three. I we talked about Wisconsin sports fans. Speaking of home court advantage, we got about a minute or two left. I Milwaukee fans hate to put on the shirts. Like nobody wears the shirts. Like you watch a Bucks game, you you wouldn't even know sometimes that they're doing a t shirt giveaway. Like you watch a game in Oklahoma City. Oh, they like, put them on the seats. You mean? Oh, yeah, they yeah. put them on the seats. Yeah, nobody the nobody wears out. them, and I don't get it because the jerk businessman in the front row is like, no, I would rather wear this this logo. No, I think everyone in Wisconsin's shirt. overweight and the shirts don't fit. Is that it? That's what it is. They're they got to have XLs. Skirts. They got to have XLs. XLs All on XLs, all maybe, but yeah, and that's not big enough for probably ninety percent of Wisconsin. Oh, man. God, well, way to end on a <laughs> depressing note. I guess we get to talk about obesity. Bucks game one tonight at 7.30. Rick, so you're taking Toronto in the series. I have an inkling that Toronto is going to be better than the Bucks, at All least right. early. All right. Well, Rick is uh, is on the Crosstalk PM, and until the end of this series, that is where he will stay because we're not taking that negativity here on the on the Wisco Sports Show. J- Rick, thanks for joining us. Enjoy the game tonight. Thank you. Enjoy the game. So Rick's taking the Raptors. He likes the Raptors. We're not making game predictions because that's just... That's just dumb. We'll know more after tonight. Enjoy the game. 7.30 tip here on WKTY. Brewers on in five minutes over on our sister station, Wisdom. We'll be back to talk about it all tomorrow here on WKTY. Talk to you then.